Welcome to FNG Maths Ask Atul Jos series. I'm Atul Jos. Today I will share a step-by-step -step strategy to plan for your round two MBA application. We will cover GMAT, GRE, essays, and recommendation letters. Number one, GMAT. A reason why GMAT continues to be a key data point for business school is that they need diversity. If it was not for a standardized test, those who have completed their undergraduate degree from Ivy League schools would effortlessly be accepted to top MBA programs. That is not the case. The median GMAT score for top schools is 730. So you need to hit that number if you're serious about getting accepted to M7 schools. If your score goes below 730 and is in the 700 to 720 range, you need unique achievements, extracurricular talents or milestones in your career to stand out from a similar profile with a 730 GMAT score. So 730 is a safe bet for someone who comes from a traditional background in terms for experience, family upbringing, and post MBA goals. Another question I get a lot is about the number of GMAT attempts. It's not uncommon to hear about applicants taking the GMAT two to three times, but anything above three, although officially not flagged, would be considered an attempt to game the test. If the attempts are more than three, I would definitely offer an explanation in the optional MBA application essay. Another important point you must keep in mind while preparing for the GMAT is targeting a balanced score or conforming to your stereotype. Let's say you're from a finance or engineering background. There are certain expectations about your con skills. If your con score falls below 47, there are definitely some concerns. And for non-native English speakers, a verbal score below 40 is also a cause of concern. So don't blindly follow the total median score. You must target a balanced GMAT score that is verbal above 45 and CONT above 47, or at least verbal above 40 and CONT close to 50. Another common issue you are likely to face with round two is the dates for taking the GMAT. Since round two deadlines are all in January, Applicants assume that by December first week, a time typically when your workload goes down is the best time to take the GMAT. So I've seen applicants doing the reverse that is approaching us with essay editing first and then preparing for the GMAT. This could be tricky because no matter how much you want to be involved in the editing process, your mind will be preoccupied with GMAT preparation. In effect, you will not be able to give you 100% for the GMAT and essays. So my recommendation is that you register for a November last week test date, give a two week window for the retake that is by December 15th, in case you can't cross the 7.30 mark. But by the second time around, you can start the essay writing and editing in parallel. This is only for scenarios where you have crossed 700, that is 700, 710, 720, in the first attempt during the last week of November. Then you can manage essay writing and GMAT preparation in parallel because to push your score from 700 to 730, it's almost always about perfecting your speed. Another big misconception is that with a high GMAT score, you are likely to get accepted to all top schools. This is certainly not true. There are applicants from CONT-focused careers who do exceptionally well in standardized tests, but don't have the experience or didn't cross the milestones that would offer great value to an MBA class. And the admissions team is not going to compromise on peer-to-peer -peer learning just because you crack GMAT with a 730 or 750 score. So GMAT is important, but not the only criterion by which you are evaluated. How about GRE? The biggest evidence that GRE is being accepted as a viable alternative to GMAT is the FAQ pages at Stanford and Harvard's full-time MBA program. I can assure you that this was not the case five or even 10 years back. GRE was not widely accepted because from the school's perspective, the tests were different in unique ways. 
the GRE more or less felt like a continuation of your academic performance in college and GMAT looked more oriented towards speed and agility or thinking on the feet that typically is required in a high stress professional environment. But schools now have other means to evaluate the applicant rather than completely relying on the GMAT score. So after two attempts, if your GMAT score is not improving by 20 to 50 points or the Moog test more or less give you a score in the 650 to 670 range, you should explore the GRE test. Or if you're a master's student with some experience who is now considering an MBA, your GRE score would be good enough if it has been taken within the past five years from the admit date. And I've seen clients who struggle with GMAT getting amazing scores on GRE. Maybe some applicants can't crack the GMAT. That doesn't mean they are not competent to get into a top MBA program. So explore all your test taking options before giving up and focusing exclusively on your essays and recommendation letters. Number two, recommendation letters. First, who should write your recommendation letters? This is a question that is confusing for those who work in startups or a CXO's office because they work in proximity to real decision makers and not at a level below the management. There is no set rule for this. I've seen this strategy work in some cases and in other cases, it just didn't work. The scenario where it didn't work was when the CXO didn't put in the time or effort to understand the strategy of the applicant. So what we do at FNGMAT is that I brainstorm with the applicant and create a guideline document for the supervisor that captures key milestones of the applicant and summarizes the traits that business schools value for the application. This is fair during round one and depending on the industry the CXO is in. It also depends on the timeline of the request. Most CXO put in the effort to write a letter that captures the essence of the applicant's unique personality. But for round two, where your Christmas vacation is around the corner, it could be a little tricky. Most of the world had a long two years of COVID and this winter especially will be a time when many will be traveling. So it's all about reaching out to the supervisor in a timely manner. The second question is when you should approach the supervisor with your round two MBA application plan. More than the timeline, I would structure it as what you need to do before approaching your supervisor. Here, timing is everything. Typically, very few applicants have a consistent performance throughout the year. There will be highs and lows projects that require you to do the grunt work or projects that require you to do some firefighting. Obviously, when you're doing firefighting, your contributions would be more visible than when you are quietly performing due diligence. It's a perception game and if you are an introvert, focus just on your work, it would be a challenge to sell yourself as a person who has contributed meaningfully to the team. The credits gets distributed unevenly. There is, of course, politics in the team. There are unique group dynamics that you need to understand. Regardless of what's happening in your team or your organization, approach the supervisor after you have visibly demonstrated an increased contribution to the team. On the timeline for round two, November last week, just like your GMAT, is the best time to share your plan. And by the first week of December, if you're working with FNGMAT, share the guideline document with the supervisor and target the second week or at worst the 20th of December as a time when your recommendation letters are all submitted. No matter what you plan, some supervisors will have their own pace and priorities. They might agree to write the letter while on vacation. So all these ideal timeline scenarios are just scenarios. You must patiently follow up and communicate with the supervisors don't annoy them. Number three, essays. If you've read FNGMAT's essay guys have written, you might have a clear understanding of the tone and structure of essays. You might have also learned about openers, about the transitions, 
about how to approach leadership essays if you didn't have many leadership experiences or you were in a functional role how to translate adversity without overdoing the hardship or the tragedy part how to balance personal extracurricular talent and professional narratives so i highly recommend that you purchase fngmat's essay guides from store.fngmat.com once you've read it if you are planning to work with a consultant there are some truths i want to share with you first once you read books on writing and read fngmat's essay guide you should assess your own writing because how you work with a consultant will be determined by how you write essays when you communicate with your team or your supervisors the goal is to convey the message in the most succinct manner with emotions often never shared in an email even if you're great at written communication or you have submitted papers in a functional journal in technology or finance the expected vocabulary is very different the admissions team is trying to understand the person behind the gmat or gre score and the resume some applicants are very good at adjusting to this writing some are not that great despite a lot of guidance so the challenge for a consultant while editing is how much they should be involved in the rewrite process if they take over 70 to 80% of the rewrite it will read like a polished version of an essay it's like your parents doing your homework i typically encourage an iterative editing process where the effort is in guiding the applicant to be a better writer to capture more context to capture the right emotion no to overdo any dialogues or the emotional part of the narrative finding the right balance is key the earlier you start writing the drafts the more you will get the opportunity to play with themes ideas transitions and narratives the closer you are to the deadline you will go with a lot of assumptions about what works and what doesn't work so your expressions are artificially limited when the deadline is near and even for consultants and editors who write and edit on a daily basis it's a challenge to come up with unique phrases that are similar to how the applicant writes it shouldn't look like a version that a consultant wrote for authentic writing i would suggest that you at least write the first version freely without any preconception about how an essay should be then read fng mats essay guides or books on writing and then refine it further your version without the knowledge of how an essay should be would include phrases that are truly unique and represent how you think and talk it's not that all the lines in an essay should sound unique but even if 15 to 20% of the phrase used in an essay is different from a typical polished essay you will stand out the best way to find a consultant who can represent your voice is by reading their work if you want to see how i write essays you can purchase fngmat's essay guides at store.fngmat.com there are a lot of previews of the sample essays that i have offered for free at fngmat.com/sample iphone mba iphone essays hope you got value from my tips i'm atul jose you can work with me by subscribing to fngmat's essay review service at store.fngmat.com/essay-review the service includes resume editing essay editing and recommendation letter editing if you need help just with the essays you can subscribe to fngmat's essay editing service at store.fngmat.com/essay-editing if you need help with just one essay You can subscribe to FNGMAT's one essay editing service at store.fngmat.com/one-essay-editing. I'm Atul Jose. See you in the next FNGMAT's Ask Atul Jose series.